Hi, creepy friends. We are so excited to share that we are now on Patreon. So if you've ever shared this show with a friend, gotten some value from the advice we've given or wondered, how can I support a show that I love? Then please consider supporting us on Patreon. When you support our show for just seven bucks a month, you'll have access to our Patreon community and enable Scope Creep to continue our mission of helping you build a business that's good for your mind, body, and bank account. Scope Creep will always be free wherever you get your podcasts, but your support means we'll be able to continue to produce this show and bring you more content to help you build your business. To support Scope Creep, head to patreon.com slash scope creep. That's patreon.com slash scope creep. And now here's the show. Welcome to Scope Creep. This is a mini episode where we're answering your questions and sharing listener stories before we dive into season two of the show. This is a listener hot take, and they say that clients don't often know what they want until after we're signed. They also realize then how helpful our service is, so they add on by the day. Ooh, Scope Creep, Scope Creep, Scope Yeah, I feel like a lot of times my clients don't realize my capabilities when we sign. It's like they want this one thing and then we start talking and I'm like, oh, I can help you with that. And it kind of opens the door. And that's on me to to be able to identify those things earlier on and also to be able to talk about those things a little bit better with potential clients. But yes, I've totally, totally been there. And it's all about like that. Remember that magical TikTok response that we got? Let me scope that out for you. Being flexible, I think um, writing retainers or agreements that aren't like six months or a year, never, well, well, maybe never say never, but I would never do that, (laughs) blocking you into some stuff that is probably going to create problems and always asking things like, what business problem do you want my services to solve for you at this time and why is it important right now? Get them to tell you and to make a case for what they're asking for because if they don't have one, it's going to quickly become apparent and that opens the door to have a conversation about what would actually help them. Yeah. I try to keep my retainers a little open-ended too, as far as like the deliverable and time frame. And this is a my thing. It might not be for everybody else, but I'm like, hey, this is how many hours I have. These are the types of things I can do. This is what that typically looks like. But I know some months it might be more of this or less of this. So I try to keep things open-ended too, so I can be flexible in that space, like you said. Yep. And also just accept that this sort of happens. Sometimes clients don't know what they want and that's okay. We'll help them figure it out. They don't know what they don't know, baby. All right. We've got a listener hot take here and a question. So they say, we charge by project rate and by the hour to protect us. Curious what others do. Liz, do you do project rate or hourly rate? Vast majority is project or retainer because I do not want to be penalized for efficiency and productivity and for being good at what I do. However, once in a while, I will do some hourly consulting if it's truly like, hey, I just want to have an in-depth conversation with you about this. I want your help for a couple hours to talk through this where I don't know if it's going to be ongoing, but those tend to be you know, higher hourly rates for me because I don't do a lot of it. But like I said, yeah, most of it project or retainer. What about you? Yeah, I actually think this year 100% of my work has been project rate rather than hourly. I have pitched an hourly project just because it was kind of like, I don't really know how much time this is going to take. This is what I think. And I want to give them flexibility. And it actually didn't get accepted. So I was like, phew. (laughs) But I'll say all of my project rates are based on 
an hour right. rate, right. if that makes sense. Like, I think a lot of people do that, where it's like, this is how much an hour of my time costs. This is about how much time mm-hmm. I think the project will take, plus, you know, the time for project management, da 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 And that's how I'm building a project rate. But I always do project rate. I, I agree. I don't want to be penalized for how efficient I am. People aren't paying me for, like, how quickly it can do mm-hmm. things, but how long it took me to learn yes. how to do these yes. things. Yes. And I appreciate you calling out that you do have that kind of hourly calculation on the back end. I think that exists, but is rarely talked about. And I think that's all just part of the equation, how you decide how much to charge for your project or for your retainer. This one is, I don't know if it's so much of a client hot take as it is a client woe that I think we probably all share at some point. This listener says, expectations are unrealistic and out of budget and they're just not in touch with reality. Whew, I I can relate to this one. How about you, Jamie? Yes, absolutely. One thing I do when I'm talking about budget with a potential client is I ask, hey, what's your budget for this project? Now, a lot of times the response is, I don't know, what does it cost? <laughs> and I tell them, I'm like, it typically starts at this mm-hmm. and I can you know, gauge their reaction on that and they'll either be like, okay, sounds great. Or they'll be like, oh, um, and that's how I kind of do that. Somebody is going to find a cheaper version of you. Totally. Regardless. So, you know, if they're like expectations for budget, if they want you to build, if they want to build, I, I get this one all the time. We just love Apple's website. We just love Nike's brand. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, same. It's taken like 40 years and billions Mm -hmm. of dollars to build those things. Do you have that budget? Do you have that time? People, like we've said it before, people don't know what they don't know. And it's your job as the expert to educate them on, well, something like this would typically cost Mm -hmm. X. Mm -hmm. And I will say creatives, even though this is going to make many of you uncomfortable, you have to start having conversations about the business case for creative. How does creative impact a business's bottom line? It doesn't mean you you have to have like finely tuned numbers for every past client, but look at some industry standards and benchmarks and be really able to discuss and educate your clients about how great creative in whatever niche you're in can impact their bottom line. All right. We have another listener hot take slash some advice. So they say, never take on a project that will organically grow. Ask the design agency if they've ever done a web build before and ask for examples. There's a few things here. Yes, there are. (laughs) And I'm excited about these. Let's talk about the will organically grow opportunities, the things that are like, this will pay off immensely for you. Yeah. You know what else could organically grow? A virus. Like, I don't don't know that this growth that they're proposing is something that I want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Grow as in become unmanageable. Grow as in scope creep. Grow as in something way outside of my lane of like experience. What the hell does that mean? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, let me remind you, I was actually having this conversation with a friend the other day. They have worked for startups and they have like equity in all of the startups they worked for, but they're like, you know, 10% equity of zero is zero. zero. Um, (laughs) So it's also like, okay, you can come back to me when it does grow. And when you can pay me. How about that? If it will organically grow, go show me. And then you can come back. (laughs) I also laugh maniacally when I still see companies and startups dangling full-time employment in the future as a carrot. Like, oh, this could could turn into full-time work. I'm like, I hope it doesn't. (laughs) I don't want that. No, no, I don't want that. Run, run. 
I also love this that they call out, ask the design agency if they've ever done a web build before. That seems so specific. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. People, I mean, we talked about this in our Girl Boss episode. People are like, and I know how to do this. And I'm like, mm, have you done it, though? You might know how, but have you? Like, this is like, <laughs> you've been on a website. <laughs> yeah. I've watched a YouTube video. <laughs> I got on the YouTube. Yeah. Yes. It's it's okay to ask people for examples. It's okay to ask people, have you worked with a contractor before? Have you done this type of project? Can you show me some links to some other things that you've worked on? They don't just get to ask you that question. You also get to ask them, the people that are hiring you, for their receipts as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking that this should spin off into an episode about vetting collaborators mm, maybe, maybe in the future. I like it. Mm, season I like 2 it. teaser. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this Scope Creep mini episode. Until next time, stay creepy. 